Professor Ray Brescia, the Honorable Harold R. Tyler, Chair in Law and Technology here at Albany Law School. We've been talking about his book, uh, which you can see over his shoulder, um, uh, The Future of Change, How Technology Shapes Social Revolutions. Um, uh, Professor, we've been talking a lot about the relationship between these innovations and technology and how they drive social movements, how they drive change. Um, one of the things that we have on our minds is how can students, advocates, and scholars uh, use this information about this relationship uh, to catalyze change? So uh, it's a great question. And I think that you know, my, the historical view I take in the book is that you know, one of the ways that technology shapes social revolutions is that social movements often take the shape of the technology that they use to advance change. And the, you know, the early social movements in the 19th century United States looked like the postal system. Uh, so much so that, you know, the, a new, you know, a, a national organization which would have new uh, branches and, and new sort of local entities that were part of the larger organization would literally track the reach of the postal system. So when a new post office was set up as the nation moved westward, uh, the, you know, the, or that movement, that organization would get a new branch, a new local mm -hmm. branch. And so that sort of uh, what, you know, sociologists call a translocal network, which is a, a, a network made up of, you know, local entities connected to, you know, statewide, regional, and then a national uh, organization. And that's, you know, really what A, the postal system looked like, but then B, what, technologies looked like for the next, you know, 150 or so years, mm. including the television. Um, so certainly radio and television with their local affiliates, you know, they were part of a, a larger network. And so my argument is that even with new technologies today, we have to utilize that model of a translocal network. Now that practice was really interrupted in the early 1970s by communications technology that in the early 1970s, just as a number of groups were forming, sort of late 60s, early 70s, just as a number of groups were forming uh, in the wake of some of the, the, the greatest successes of the civil rights movement, they had a new technology at their disposal, which was, it sounds silly to talk about, but it was the computerized mailing list. And that broke this connection between, you know, a translocal network and this, and a nat nation spanning organization. And organizations then, in the wake of the introduction of the computerized mailing list, then took on the shape of a national organization without these local hubs that they there were membership in name only uh, and they became very professionalized and so I think that we also saw um, you know th those groups that assume that shape 
didn't have the same sort of successes as the civil rights movement had just a decade before. Now, what I, what I argue in the book, and, and I, I do a number of case studies of, of more recent social movements where they're getting back to that translocal approach, even though they're using more modern technologies. And I think that that's something that the, you know, certainly the new technologies that we have allow for the, uh, you know, national group without uh, local hubs, but we're seeing people, organizations replicating some of that older style translocal network, but using the you know contemporary technologies to do so. So I think one of the key lessons I hope people take away from the book is that you know even though we have these new technologies, we can use them effectively to organize more like the organizations of the first. 150 or so years of the American experience, where it was, you know, a, a translocal network made up of local hubs to connect it to regional state and, and national organizations. Oh, that is so interesting. So it's actually by going back to that organizing principle of translocal uh, to really maximize the potential of technology. Do you imagine that we could see an innovation uh, that would render the translocal uh, organizational structure less effective, uh, or are we just not there yet? Uh, less effective, less effective than what? Uh, you know, whenever we do some comparative analysis, you have to ask, you know, less effective than what? Certainly, you could imagine, and, and we see it today, we see, you know, very power, powerful lobbying interests that don't have that grassroots structure, but we also mm. see, um, we see uh, organizations, uh, you know, across the political spectrum, embracing that translocal structure mm. as well. So, so I think that you certainly could say, you know, with, with loads of money and uh, good lawyers uh, and uh, effective lobbying strategies and, uh, and being able to throw money around, uh, you can be, you can have, uh, uh, you know, uh, you can bring around about the results that you want, but that doesn't do much for people who are focused on people power uh, yeah. and trying to do grassroots organizing and trying to yeah. bring about um, a change that is, you know, maybe less attractive to wealthy elites. Mm. Fascinating stuff. Professor, thank you for joining us. Uh, we really look forward to hearing more from you, especially about your new book, uh, The Future of Change. Me how technology shapes social revolution. Thank you.